You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hey guys, welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. I am your host, Jen Rosenbaum, and I am so thrilled today to be joined by Alicia Willoughby. Alicia is a women's health physical therapist who specializes in the pregnant and postpartum body. She has her own practice in San Francisco Bay Area, and she's a mom, so she knows firsthand about pregnancy, birth, and motherhood and how it can be a life-altering experience, or as I call it, trauma but we'll talk about that in a minute, (laughs) Uh, both physically and emotionally. She's passionate about providing mothers and guidance and the support that they deserve, but are otherwise not getting from the traditional medical model. And this is like your bio, Alicia, is like something we've talked about on this podcast quite a bit, actually, the traditional medical (laughs) model and how it really doesn't serve women. So I'm really, really happy to have you here today. That is your intro, but please say hi to everybody and fill in any blanks that I might have. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I think, um, I think you covered all of it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. See yeah, you guys later. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, no. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let's, let's just talk about, um, how you got into this line of work. Let's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a physical therapist for 12 years. And when I started off in San Francisco, I was working in a regular orthopedic clinic. And um, pretty early on in my career, I had a pregnant woman come into the clinic who was referred for back pain, which was a miracle just in itself that she got referred to see somebody. Right. At the time, I didn't know too much about pregnancy. I hadn't had my kids yet. And so with what I did know about treating low back pain, I treated her. And I made a significant difference in her pregnancy. And through working with her and learning what I did through her, I realized, wow, like this is a population of women who are not getting care and a population of women that I just got out of grad school. Like I just spent two and a half years learning how to treat the body. Let me help these women. So I went and did a little bit of extra training on pregnancy and postpartum because in PT school, you get one day Mm. on pregnancy and one lecture on the pelvic floor. Mm. That's it. So I did a little, I did some extra training on pregnancy and postpartum and started marketing myself to the OBs in San Francisco saying, Hey, if somebody hurts and they're pregnant, send them to me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that got started. And then I was pregnant with my first baby and everyone kept asking me, Oh, do you have back pain yet? Like as if it has to be a symptom mm. that we, well, that we have. And I, and I just, felt challenged to, you know, discover, well, you know what, I'm going to physical therapists, we use our own bodies as experiments a lot of the time. So that's what I did. And and I had a great pregnancy for either because of my knowledge or just because of my body as well. And then I experienced the postpartum body for the first time, which was a, a really big shock to me coming from being somebody who was really active. I didn't really have any physical restraints prior. I felt all of a sudden in a body that didn't feel like my own. And nobody was guiding me. You know, nobody was telling me what to do. You had that six week checkup and it was like, okay, see you later. And I had great prenatal care. I had a wonderful midwife, but no one was guiding me back into connection with my body and, and how to get strong again. Yet my baby was getting these reoccurring appointments, right? To check in on her, but nobody was checking in on me. And I felt really lost and I felt really 
let down by the medical system that I was a part of. Mm. Um, and then in that time I moved across the Golden Gate Bridge to Marin. So into the suburbs, um, started working again in a different clinic, was surrounded by again, an orthopedic clinic, but most of the women that were coming in were moms, whether they had a one-year-old or a 30-year-old. And I started to notice that the orthopedic injuries they were coming in with was because they never got any postpartum rehab. They -hmm. still stood like they were pregnant. Their core muscles were still shut off. Maybe they were still leaking. You know, maybe they still had these these symptoms that they thought they had to accept because they had a baby. Mm -hmm. And so that got me interested really in the postpartum aspect of things. Mm -hmm. So I spent the next few years learning as much as I could through my own body and through extra training about treating postpartum conditions. And Mm -hmm. then I stepped out on my own and started my own practice and did my women's health training, which means I then got trained to treat the pelvic floor Mm -hmm. specifically internally and externally as well. So now in my practice, I treat it all from head to toe, orthopedics to pelvic floor. And my practice is 90 to 95% moms, prenatal Mm. and postpartum. And I really feel like I'm filling the void of the medical system and giving women the care that they deserve Mm. (laughs) and that they need so they can, you know, show up fully in their body. And in the meantime, I had another kiddo too. So I have two kids now and the second time around was a lot different (laughs) Mm -hmm. postpartum, but it's, it's a really vulnerable time and I love what I do. And I love that I'm walking this journey with my clients as well. Mm, there's so much there that I could pick apart even in just yeah. I mean, there's so much because one of the things that you keep saying, and I hope I remember all the points I want to bring up because there's so much, but one of the, the things that you keep saying is that women just think we have to accept these things. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I think that that is true on so many levels, not just health, but especially health, yeah. you know? So, so could we talk about that a little bit? Why are we under this assumption? Is this something that, uh, doctors are trained to just say things like, well, nine months up, nine months down, or, right. you know, well, it's normal. You just had a baby or, right. you know, versus really listening and hearing what is going on individually, because I talk about this, like I said, multiple times on my podcast that I really think having a baby is actually trauma and people don't look at it that way because they say, you should be so happy. You just had a baby. What It's a miracle of life. And and you're like, really? Because I'm falling apart. I mean, emotionally, physically, mentally, I'm tired. I'm, you know, my body's a mess. I don't fit into my jeans. I'm starving. I'm, you know, I haven't had time to shower in three days. Like, you know, where's the miracle? You know, it's, and yeah, like you said, everybody's, kind of all about the baby. So why do we think that we have to just put up with certain things? Is that, is that a a medical issue? Is that a societal issue? I think it's multifactorial. I think if we start with the medical system, you know, the OBs are there to watch you in pregnancy, to deliver the baby, and then to make sure you don't have an infection, you know, and to make sure you're healed, your incisions or stitches are healed. And then that's all they're trained to do, you, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have 15 minutes to do those postpartum checks. They just don't have the time to do it. So it's that the medical system hasn't been designed to take care of mothers. And and you can have the most wonderful OB and midwife in the world, but they they're also work working in the system, mm-hmm. right? So they don't have they don't have the time 
But I see it being normalized by the OBs. I I have clients who tell me their OBs tell them, well, what do you expect? You just had a baby or Mm -hmm. the OBs are leaking themselves. So they say to the client, well, I leak too. Mm -hmm. Um, So the medical system, it's, it's from our prior generations. It's Mm -hmm. from the mothers and before us and the mothers before them that are like, well, I leak. So you're going to leak too. A lot of it's been normalized because our family passes that down. I think that also goes into birth stories, which is a whole other topic, right? Like, well, well, my mom had a traumatic birth. So I'm had a traumatic birth or, you know, like that birth stories gets passed down. It gets normalized by our fitness community, especially the leaking, Mm. right? Like, oh, like, oh, she leaks and I leak and we're all leaking as we do jumping jacks. So it must be normal. Mm, (laughs) Keep on keeping on. Mm -hmm. Um, and by our peers, by, you know, saying, oh, well she leaks or her back hurts. So my back, that must be normal. So it's, it's so many factors that I think is multi-generations of history Mm -hmm. that's been, that's been passed down that we just don't have the medical people educated enough. And and we don't have some, like at that six week visit, we are discharged to the world and nobody is taking care of us. Like I'm so passionate about changing that conversation to being like, okay, you're discharged from my care. Now it's time for you to go see a women's health physical therapist to continue guiding you back into your body and making sure you return to doing things the way you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you we, know, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. We, I, you just reminded me, we, uh, I just recorded another podcast where we talked about when the, um, the OB gives you the okay to have sex after six yeah. weeks, you know, you, and your husband knows this and you're running, you know, he, you go home and he's waiting for you, you know, yeah. he's like, all right, the six week mark. And you're like, really? Yeah. There's no way, you know, there's yeah. no way. Like, don't even look at me, yeah. you know? And, and, but that's what also the expectation is set up as like, it's almost like, okay, you're done with this now go back in the world and be a procreating machine again. Right. And, you know, we're not a puppy mill here. Right. Oh yeah. I talk about sex with my clients all the time. Either they're bringing it up to me mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel good. It hurts. Um, or they're scared and anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they are there, if they're not bringing it up, I'm bringing it up, mm-hmm. you know, I'm saying like, okay, like how's it going? And, and there's a, a lot of anxiety cycle that happens around pain. So I'm, I, I talk about that all the time about how to, reconnect to your body first. Mm. Like let's remind our bodies that we can feel pleasure, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, before we jump into the act that might cause some, some discomfort. I mean, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, women have forgotten their pleasure and I love what you do with the photography. It's like, it's reminding us that we, we are these like badass, sexy goddesses and that we deserve to feel pleasure. And for some reason, motherhood, I mean, this was my experience. Motherhood disconnected me from that. Yes. Motherhood in, in many ways, in many ways. From that. Yeah, yeah. In many ways, not just your body, but in life. Yes. You know, there's, there's, I mean, I'm older than you, I'm going to assume. And, uh, cause I think I'm older than everybody, by the way, <laughs> but, um, you know, my kids are getting older. My daughter's going to high school next year and I'm going, okay, you know what? Like they're going to be out of the house before you know it. What brings me joy? Yeah. Where's my happiness? I don't listen. I do a lot of joyful things. I take beautiful photos and I travel a lot. And I, you know, when I say I take beautiful photos, meaning that I connect with these women and they're beautiful and they're, they inspire me and I write and I do a lot and I record this podcast. I do a lot of things that I love, but at the end of the day, a lot of it is work. 
So yeah. like, where's the individual enjoyment that Jen loves yeah. separate from her family? We lose yeah. that a lot. That. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we, our bodies are made to grow a baby and birth a baby and feed a baby. And our partner wants our body too. Mm-hmm. And then years later we wake up and go, wait, <laughs> yeah. where am I? Where's my body? Is this body my own? Mm-hmm. What brings me joy? Absolutely. I think in postpartum healing, I think exactly what you just said is the missing link. We talk so much about fitness and getting our bodies back, which it never gets, comes back. Right. Like your body will never be the same again because your body created a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My friend said it so perfectly. She said, your, your body, you can never get that body back because that body never had a baby. Right. And I remind myself that all the time because I struggle, you know, with it too. But, you know, we, we forget what brings us that, that joy in our lives. And we, and we get, we talk about fitness. We talk about getting the body back. We talk about, you know, getting back to work, but we don't talk about what actually makes a mom feel like herself. Mm-hmm. Or my, my favorite compliment. Oh, you look good for just having a baby. Yeah. Like, what is that? Right. <laughs> what is right. that? How about you just look good? You look good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good job. Awesome. Yeah. High five. And what I say to my clients a lot is, you know, they'll come in, you know, complain of physical discomforts or they'll ask me like, can you get rid of my belly? And, and I say, you know, I'm not going to make you lose weight, but if I can get you reconnected with your physical body, if I can have your brain and your, and your hands feel that your muscles are still there, you're going to feel better. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel better in your body. You're going to feel stronger. You're going to feel more confident, not because you're losing weight, but because you're actually reconnected with this physical part of you, especially your pelvis, especially the part of your body that created this baby and birthed this baby and, you know, creates or experiences pleasure. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I want to, I want to get there. I want to talk about that. First, I want to back up a little bit (laughs) and talk about the leaking, because I think that there's some women that are going to listen to this. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, uh, I do. So I will put that out there. I am. I have had two kids. I'm older. And my girlfriend and I were just joking about this the other day, you know, like don't sneeze too hard or, you know, and and I laugh, I take Muay Thai and I take an all women's class and the guys in a uh, male instructor were always like jump roping and women are always stopping. And he's like, stop stopping. And I'm like, yes. feel like saying that's because they're all peeing themselves, right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> man, <laughs> you know, but so t- talk about that a little bit. Why does that happen? What is it for, you know, clear it up for people. That maybe <laughs> we're either scaring the really young ones out there or, yeah. you know, the, the women who understand, understand they're all out. Yeah. So let's take a little bit of the stigma away, I guess. Right. Absolutely. So leaking or incontinence is when you're involuntarily losing urine, although that's the most common one, but you also can have incontinence of gas and stool where, you know, just accidentally some gas slips out when, and you can't control it. So it happens because the pelvic floor muscles that are in control of holding back our bodily fluids until it's appropriate to letting them go, aren't doing their job. And they're not doing their job for one of two reasons. One, because they are weak or they can't contract enough. So that is a little bit more obvious to understand. Like, oh yeah, the muscle can't close to stop that urine from leaking out. But then the other not as obvious reason is because the muscles are overactive. So some women will end up with overly tight or overly tense pelvic floor muscles, which will also, may also cause leaking. So I always tell women, if you're leaking, it's important to find out the reason why you're leaking because the treatments might look very opposite 
mm. from each other as well. And, and how do you know that? How do you know? The only way you would know is if you see a pelvic floor physical therapist and okay. get, get an evaluation to, to, to determine your strength, your endurance, and your tension. Mm. You know, and and yeah, I mean, a vaginal birth, there's a lot of stretching that happens to our pelvic floor in a vaginal birth. You know, those muscles are really the only muscles in our body that are meant to stretch that big and then come back to not all the way, but come mm. back to their their function. No other muscle group in our body is meant to do that, you know, so mm. it's pretty incredible. But those large stretches and the multiple times it gets stretched, the the higher the chance that the muscles won't return to their function on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so leaking, we always say that leaking is common, but it's not normal, which means if you're leaking, that means the, a muscle group in your body is not being efficient. Mm-hmm. And I call leaking like a yellow flag. It's like the body being like, hello, <laughs> something's <laughs> not working down here the way that it's supposed to. And, and the, the woman might not know that there's other things going on that might be related, like hip pain and you know instability in her pelvis or back pain or mm-hmm. hips that are always tight, mm-hmm. you know, and, or pain with sex or decreased sensation with sex. Those can mm-hmm. all be related to the fact that the pelvic floor isn't being efficient. Can you so define the pelvic floor? For yeah. Us? Yeah. So there's, a, there's about 14 muscles in the pelvic floor and the pelvic floor runs from our pubic bone back to our tailbone and then from butt bone to butt bone. So it's a triangle group of muscles and there's three layers. The first two layers are the squeezers. So they're the ones that close up our openings. And then the third deeper layer is like a hammock or a sling. And it's um, responsible for holding up. So it holds up our pelvic organs and gives our pelvic organs a floor to mm-hmm. rest on. And that third layer also holds all the pelvic bones together. So it's a stabilizer. Mm-hmm. So like in orthopedics, if I see someone who has knee pain or neck pain, it actually might be because the third layer pelvic floor isn't holding the pelvic bones stable. Therefore the neck is taking more load when they run or the knee as an example. So, so interesting. It's, yeah. Isn't it? And it's a group of muscle that like, every single man and woman has, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a mysterious group because we can't see it. And when we can't is it a mysterious a group because you can't see it? Because you can't see my knee bone either, or you can't see my, uh, you know, IT bands, but it hurts right. like a mother, you know, right. like you can't. So, but we talk about it very openly. You're is it because you can't right. see it or is it really because, yeah, we don't talk about it. Yeah. We don't educate women on the anatomy of their body. Yeah. You know, I have pregnant women come into me all the time. They're like, okay, I'm getting ready to give birth. I know I have a pelvic floor. I don't know why I should care. Like, tell me <laughs> what I need to do. <laughs> And I do a lot of like birth prep education of teaching Mm. a woman that, that like any other muscle group, the pelvic floor should be able to contract fully and relax fully. Mm. And if we've been taught anything about our pelvic floor from society or the medical system, it's to do your Kegels, which Mm -hmm. means like tight, tight, squeeze, squeeze. We should all be tight down there. And so what happens to some women is that their muscles get overly tight. It'd be walking or it'd be like walking around with your bicep muscles squeezed all the time. Mm -hmm. Like that's not functional. Mm -hmm. And so for, to prepare for birth, women need to learn how to relax that pelvic floor and make it a nice, open, spacious, flexible place for baby to pass through. Mm. But that's not the messages that we get from society. The messages are that we should all be squeezing and you know, be tight down there. And, and that can cause some dysfunction. Yeah. And, and paranoia and, yes. you know, 
<laughs> like, what if my husband doesn't want me after this? Or what right. if I'm not good enough anymore? Or what? It, right. you know, the, yeah, there's a lot of um, nervousness around that too. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah Absolutely. I remember when I had my daughter, I couldn't walk after. I couldn't even yeah. walk. Yeah. Nobody ever told me that that would have been a possibility. I right. mean, it was crazy. Couldn't and to tell you that, and to tell you that it'll get better. I think that's the other thing. Like in those first few weeks, where we feel so, <laughs> everything just feels so out of place, and there's pain, and no one, no one is letting us know what's normal and what the normal path of healing should be. Like if someone said to you, "Okay, this is normal. This is what you should do about it. This is what you should expect." If this doesn't happen, you know, this means you're not, you're not healing the way that we should. Like there, we could really calm people's nervous system down by giving them more support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a friend who just recently actually had a baby and she told me that she had like cartilage separation. Oh, something. Yeah. It was it's something really painful. Sounds really painful. I should read what her text said again. Yeah, um, maybe her pubic joint. Yeah. Let me see what she said, because, um, I was like, I never even heard of such a thing. Oh, she said, I separated cartilage in my pelvic area and the recovery is very painful. She can only walk with a walker and she has a brand new baby. It's probably her pubic joint. So the the pubic joint in the front, um, normally, you know, it it opens at the end of our pregnancy and then during a vaginal birth, it has to separate to allow Mm. our, 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 um, pelvis to get wider. Mm -hmm. And then some women, they have a separation that is bigger than normal and that causes a lot of pain. Mm, Yeah. So interesting. So hopefully she's being referred to a pelvic floor women's health physical therapist. I don't know, but she is going to be now because I'm going to message her after this. I had somebody who came into the clinic at nine months postpartum and she had that exact story and, but nobody told her to come in. And so, I mean, I saw her nine months later and she was walking on her own at that point, but yeah, there's, there, that's, there's help, but people aren't being referred to it. Wow. So tell me, obviously you can't get into too much detail because every case is different and specific, but give me an idea of, you know, a woman that wants to do this. What are the type of activities, exercises, things that you do with her to help recovery? Yeah. So I'll first tell like you what a exam would look like because some women don't even know that. Uh, I'm curious. Yeah. I think it's important. So, I mean, I can tell you what I do. Not all, not all PTs are created equal. So when I do a postpartum evaluation, it it involves a posture assessment. So I want to see how that woman's lining up her body. I ask her to do some movements, like some balance exercises and some squats. I want to see how the muscles are reflexively turning on Mm -hmm. without her thinking about it. I ask her to balance like what's happening. And then she gets a full abdominal assessment. So I do a full structure assessment to see if she has an abdominal separation or a diastasis, which is a big word being thrown around everywhere now. Some of it is completely normal. And so there's a lot of calming down again of this is normal. This is okay. What is it? It's where the abdominal muscles stretch open in pregnancy. Mm -hmm which is normal. And then postpartum, the question is how much does, do the muscles recoil back together? Okay. And so we measure how many fingers wide that separation is. Mm-hmm. And so if I find that somebody has a one finger, two finger separation, I'm not too concerned about it, but we, we can get them. I've, I've had a woman come in with a six finger abdominal separation. Mm-hmm. So that, that's going to need some specific treatment. Mm-hmm. If I look at abdominal separations, I look at how the ab muscles are kicking back on. So when I say to a woman, 
engage your core. I want to know what that default strategy is. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing that a woman could go back to baby boot camp and be doing tons of exercises, but if she can't lie on my table and engage her abdominal muscles correctly, it doesn't matter what exercise she does mm-hmm. later. She needs to have the baseline connection. Mm-hmm. And then if indicated a pelvic floor evaluation, it looks at pelvic floor coordination. So Someone, the pelvic floor therapist is observing the pelvic floor, observing the perineum and having the woman do a Kegel, squeeze her pelvic floor, relax her pelvic floor, push her pelvic floor down. We want to see that the brain can control it. Mm. And that on its own can give so much information. If I have a woman who's leaking and I say to her, okay, contract her pelvic floor, but I observe that she pushes her pelvic floor down because Mm. that's what her brain interpret that as right there. I know the, I know the problem. I know what Mm -hmm. we need to treat. Mm -hmm. So that's how we get the pelvic floor coordination. And then the only way you can get strength and endurance is with an internal pelvic floor exam, which Mm -hmm. is done with one finger in the vaginal canal. And a pelvic floor therapist knows exactly where the finger is, what muscle group or what muscle we're touching. Mm-hmm. So we have the woman squeeze and relax as we move around and feel each muscle and get her endurance. Mm-hmm. We also will check how the pelvic floor and the abs are working together because we can feel both at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're looking for how the muscles feel. We're looking for pain. So the woman is letting me know if there's any discomfort. We're checking perineal tears. I get a lot of women that come in postpartum. They've been discharged from their OB, but they haven't returned to sex yet. And they just want find out how everything's doing. And Mm -hmm. so it's much better for me to find out if that tear site is uncomfortable than for her to find out, you know, with her partner later, because I'm going to teach her what to do. It's going to be easier for her to clear that out on her own Mm -hmm. than wait just for sex to clear that out. So we Mm -hmm. are checking tear sites. You know, the OBs are looking at, are your stitches healed? Right. End of story. I'm just thinking... Yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm sitting here thinking, sorry about, about all the OBGYN exams I've had in my life. Yeah. And never once has any of this been mentioned, any of no. it. I mean, they're not trying to check pelvis. Right, right. Maybe they have you squeeze your finger and they're getting a general sense, but I'm looking at how's layer one, how's layer two, mm-hmm. how's layer three, how's the endurance, how's the left side, how's the right side. We also do a prolapse check. Mm-hmm. So a prolapse is when the pelvic organs have slipped out of their normal position and they might be hanging a little lower into the vaginal canal. Mm-hmm. So this woman might feel pressure or like there's a ball inside of her vagina or a bulge at her vaginal opening. So we'll mm-hmm. also do a, a prolapse check. Mm-hmm. And so with all that information, that's then going to guide me what that woman needs. If mm-hmm. I find weakness, she's going to start on a training program, training, meaning brain training. Mm -hmm. Um, So right there in the moment, I'm going to teach her how to engage her pelvic floor correctly, how to do that with her abdominal muscles, and then how to turn that into function, how -hmm. to do it while she picks up her kiddos, how to do it while she picks up the groceries. Or if the woman has pain, then the treatment might feel a little bit different where she's doing some scar massage on her perineal scar, or maybe she has an overactive pelvic floor that I talked about. And so I'm teaching that woman not to squeeze and do Kegels, but how to actually relax her pelvic floor and let Mm. those muscles drop and let the nervous system release that tension. Because the pelvic floor can hold a lot of our trauma Mm-hmm. and can hold a lot of our stories. So mm-hmm. that's why I get a full birth story and history because I want to know what that body's been through. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, the woman's going to tell me and then her body's going to tell me mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Tell that's me what- a good point. Yeah, right? Yeah. And you know, I don't, I, my 
when I said I, you know, my OBGYN has never addressed that, I guess the point is made that that's not really what their job is, but it's right. just, just a shame that they don't then say, here's an option for you. Yes. You know, I mean, they prepare you for birth, you know, they say, go take a Lamaze class or whatever yes. it is, you know, which I mean, honestly, I took a Lamaze, I mean, I'm, I had a baby 400 years ago, but I took a Lamaze class and I was like, giving birth. I'm like, are they kidding? You know, like yeah. this is what's supposed to help me. Right. right. <laughs> is that a joke? You know, but I spent six weeks learning how to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't <laughs> tell me one time to go see somebody, you know, afterwards yeah. to deal with all of that. That's real pain yes. and, and, you know, change. That's unbelievable. I know. And we do, we, we, we have a birth plan, but we don't have a postpartum plan. Yeah. And you know, we don't have, here's another thing that I'm just going to, I don't know if this has anything to do with anything that you will eventually do, but as your clients get older, yes, it's the same with menopause. There's no yes. plan. There's no Absolutely. discussion. There's no, you know, I'm going, I'm, I'm in medical menopause. I've mentioned it before in this podcast. So for me, the experience has been a little bit different because I didn't go through perimenopause. I just was kind of right. like, here's the truck, here's your face. Let's smack right. them together, you know? Right. And like, there's menopause. But now that I'm like fully in it and learning how to adjust, I just, I, there's just nothing out. You know, I shouldn't say nothing. There's just not a lot out there and people just yes. really aren't talking about it. It might also be my age because I'm young for menopause. So, but you know, I went to my doctor and I said to her, you know, I don't know what to do. And, you know, do I have my ovaries out and make this permanent and I'm having a hard time and I'm having bone pain. And she's kind of like, eh, it's all normal. Just get your ovaries out. I'm like, this is, I don't really think this is a conversation. This is not like yeah. an open discussion yeah. of what my options might be, what might help with the bone pain, what my, you know, and I, I kept saying to her, is the bone pain from the medication or is it menopause? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. right. Who does then? Tell me who does. Right. If you don't, who does? Right. Absolutely. And, and with the menopause thing that I'll mention, you know, when we're postpartum, we have a, a hormonal imbalance mm -hmm. and it's the same imbalance that we do in menopause as well. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of, in menopause, the symptoms that are common is prolapse and leaking. Mm -hmm. incontinence. Mm -hmm. And my question is, what if that was treated postpartum? How much could we prevent the symptoms that are showing up in menopause? Because a lot of women have a prolapse and it's silent, which means they don't have any symptoms. Mm -hmm. But what if a woman knew that? What if she knew she had a prolapse? What if she knew her pelvic floor strength? She knew how to breathe correctly. Breath is really important to protect the pelvic organs. Mm -hmm. What if she knew all of that? How would that help menopause when we go through that hormonal change again and we lose the elasticity and the structural support of our pelvic mm -hmm. tissue? Yeah. And I think there's a very big mental um, component to this that people also don't really address is that the feeling of aging, you know, the, um, Oh, okay. So I'm leaking or I sneezed and I leaked and that must make me old. Yeah. You know, that makes me old and it's, it's not, re it's not reversible and it's not fixable and you know, it's not sexy. <laughs> it's right. not, you know, there's so many things. I mean, I, I've mentioned this story before also, but the last time I went to my OBGYN, I was sitting in a room, in a waiting room and there were all these pregnant women and they just look so young and glowy and happy and excited about their life. And I'm sitting there going, I'm here to possibly take out my ovaries. And mm -hmm. I, it just really hit me mentally. Like, how did I get from that to this so quickly? Right. You know, I, I only had a baby 10 years ago. 
which I know is a long time, but really it's not, you know? No, it's not. It's like, well, how did this, and I mean, I have friends that are having kids now, you know, I'm not out of that, out of that age quite yet. So it's like, how did that even happen? And why are we not, why am I not prepared for this? Why have we not prepared ourselves for this? And then my best friend started going through perimenopause and she called me and was like, I'm going through all these things. Is this normal? And I was like, oh my God, thank God you said that to me because I thought I was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting. I just think that this conversation really opens up a bigger conversation for the healthcare system as a whole and how it takes care of women and and not just in postpartum and, and menopause, but also in puberty. And, you know, I see with my daughter, she's 13. I I go to the pediatrician and the pediatrician says, do you like your body? Yeah. Do you feel like killing yourself? No. You know, it's like, I'm like, can we, is this really the most effective way to talk to a teenager? Right. (laughs) It's what she's trained to do. And I understand that, but you know, okay, maybe she doesn't feel like offing herself, but I'm pretty sure there's distraught moments. She's 13, you know, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, it's a you know, and, and I'm sitting right here. Is she going to say it if I'm sitting here? You know, yeah. isn't there a better way to communicate with teenagers and let them right. know there's different levels of maybe anxiety or depression or happiness or whatever it might be, you know? Right. And I realize as, my, as a parent, that's our job, but they don't always talk to us either. So no, absolutely not. I just no. think that there's a big gap in care for women absolutely. in this country. My daughter just turned nine and there's a, um, a prenatal yoga studio that I teach a postpartum rehab class at, and they now have a group that meets, I, I, she hasn't done it yet, but it's from nine to 12 year olds. And it's all, it's called like the sister moon series, I think. Mm. And I, I can't wait for her to go. Cause it's, it's exactly that. It's like a little group of girls where someone's leading them every week through exercises and education and like friendship. And, and I think it's so, so so sweet. I wish I had something like that. I wish I had that now, by the way. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like we, so we, we've gotten good at like new mom support groups, which was like a lifesaver for me, but that's what I was thinking. Like we need like a, like a menopause group too, where it's the same conversation. What's, what is going on with you? What's normal? How do you feel physically and mentally and emotionally and, and talking about the changes that are happening to your body. You're absolutely right. It's the same. same. Also, the other interesting thing that I found is that my, my OBGYN has offered me many um, options such as laser treatments and creams and all of this, none of which is covered by insurance, by the way, because it must not be real. Right. Right. You know, well, it, it's, it's not medically necessary. Yeah. Says who? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So I just, I just find that so interesting. You know, it's uh, just the way the healthcare system works. Yeah. That's why I say like what, what I do oftentimes feels like a women's rights issue for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You can get really fired up with me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like a little pissed. I I have a girl, I have a lot of women that will come and either see me privately or come to the class that I teach because the class that I teach is a way to get that information. Like it's like a stepping stone between birth and getting back to exercise. Mm -hmm. And some women will get pissed. They're like, why isn't anyone else telling me this? Like, this is my third baby. Why haven't I learned this? before, you know, and, and they feel they're realizing that they weren't taken, being taken care of, Mm -hmm. that they've been neglected and it's disappointing and it's upsetting. Mm -hmm. And it can also light a fire under your ass to talk about this stuff more and, and say to other women, like, you know what, like we need to talk about what's going on with us and we need to seek out professionals that are there Mm -hmm. and not accept it when someone says, Oh, well, what do you expect? 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, we have to change the conversation. Yeah. You know, I, I also came across this, I'm a breast cancer survivor and I also yeah. came across this with, um, when I saved my hair with cold capping because it, I had to pay for it out of pocket. It cost me about $4,500, which is a lot of money. You know, I mean, it was worth it for me, but it's not covered by insurance because it's not considered medically necessary. Now, the thing about that is that, no, it's not medically necessary. I'll get better or not get better regardless of my hair. But when I look in the mirror, I feel way more human and way better, you know, and stronger to tackle the day when I can see myself in the mirror. Yeah. And I remember the doctor saying, well, if it doesn't work, you'll just wrap a scarf around, you'll be fine. And I was like, you know, it's really nice for you to say that. And I would have been, and there's many cancer survivors out there that choose that route and power to them. You know, it, everybody has their own path. But it's the kind of thing that I also feel like, why is that not covered? That is a huge yeah. part of the mental reconstruction. Yes. You know, you, you, in New York state, at least it might be all over the country. I'm not sure, but I know in New York state, it's law that you have to cover reconstruction surgery, mm-hmm. um, which unbelievably I'm still fighting with my insurance about, but they're supposed to cover, um, reconstruction surgery because it's obviously a mental aspect. This is not medically necessary either, right. you know, but there's obviously a, a mental aspect to having breasts after I removed my own. And so why is hair any different, you know? And it's, but it's yeah. just, again, I think it's just the, well, it's just, just the way it is. Suck it up. Yeah. You know, you'll have to deal with it. And, yeah. you know, women are doing way too much of that in way too many areas of our lives. Yeah. That's for sure. That, yeah. That's, that's the connection to self. Like yeah. that's the connection to self. And, and what I see is that when that disconnect happens and it's left unresolved, it just trickles down and gets bigger and affects our relationships, our intimate relationships. It affects the way that we parent. Like it affects so It much. affects everything. I mean, I talk about this even in my photography because I see the opposite change. When I help empower women, then they'll go for a new job or then they'll lose weight because they love themselves more. And they're like, oh, you know what? I believe I can do this. Or they'll right. break up with the stupid boyfriend or they'll go get a new love or they'll go get right. their bra size measured, which sounds really minimal. But you know what? If you're wearing the right bra and you look good and you feel yeah, like this is your absolutely. life, you know? So um, I just think to not minimize these small things that we think we're going through that are just inconveniences of life are actually much bigger than we think that they are. Absolutely. One, like 100%. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 that reminds me of like what I do with some postpartum women that are afraid to look at like their vulvas after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, they're like, I don't want to look and it could be years. And it's that empowerment of like, this is your body mm-hmm. and the landscape might have changed. It might look different and that you need to like take back this body and look at it and know that it's yours. And, and, and I mean, the health reasons of if you, if you don't look at your tissue and touch your tissue, how would you know if something changed down there? Right. Right. right? So there's a health issue thing as well. And when I say that women are kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, Um, but yeah, it's that those pieces that make us feel like ourselves. That's so important. Yeah. Well, this was an amazing conversation. I love the work that you're doing. And oh, thank you. I do too. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, I mean, I'm, it's so amazing. If you guys want to reach out to Alicia, tell everybody where they can find you, because I think that I hope really that at least somebody out there listening makes use of this information because it's so yeah. important. 
Yeah. So you can find me. My website is alishapt.com. So A-L-I-C-I-A-P-T.com. So you can find me there. Um, I'm really active on Facebook. If you search for Alicia Willoughby, physical therapy, I post a lot of stuff about my own practice, but just education. I really believe in this education. This knowledge doesn't mean anything if it's inside me. So I, I do a lot of education. And on my website, there's a lot of blogs as well on there. I have a new online program called the Postpartum Wellness Solution that I'm running right now. I have a bunch of mamas going through the first launch of it. And so after they finish and I survey them, I'll launch it again. So you can find that information on my website. That's just, it's six weeks of information and connection and muscle um, exercises as well. Amazing. And then the, one other resource that I want to say is if you're looking for a women's health physical therapist near you, you can go to pelvicrehab.com and put in your zip code and find where the nearest pelvic floor and women's health physical therapist is. Amazing. I got to go because I got to go look that up now. <laughs> no, really. I, I'm only half joking. Um, no, that, this was amazing. And you guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure you share with somebody that you think will love it also. And especially this one, if somebody needs this information, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating and a little love on iTunes. And you can also find us on uh, Facebook at the Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Alicia, thank you again so much for being here today. This was amazing information. You're doing amazing work. Keep thank it you. Up. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.